Hello, and welcome to the AgriFood Safety Produce Bites podcast, where we discuss all things produce safety and dive into the rules and regulations surrounding the Food Safety Modernization Act Produce Safety Rule. Hello, everyone. I am Katie Brandt, and I lead the Michigan State University Organic Farmer Training Program, which is from March until November, beginning and aspiring farmers get together to kind of clarify their vision for what they want to do on their farms, learn hands-on skills, and visit about 20 farms around the state. I also help to promote the resources and grants provided by USDA SARE. That's the Sustainable Agriculture Research and Education Program. And I'm working on some other beginning farmer projects. A new one is Transition to Organic Partnership Program, which is going to be connecting people who want to transition to organic with mentors who are organic farmers. Thank you, Katie. It sounds like you kind of do it all. (laughs) Um, And I'm Morgan Anderson. I'm the produce safety technician based here in the Ottawa Conservation District. And what that means is that I help farmers determine what produce safety looks like for them in their operation. Um, And I actually service Ottawa and Kent and Barrie, Ionia, and all these other little counties until the Lansing area. And that's about far as east of my, my area goes. And I am Alyssa Conley. I'm also a produce safety technician like Morgan. I'm actually located just above her, so I also service the West Central area. I am out of the Nuego Conservation District, and my main area would be Nuego, Muskegon, Mason Lake, Oceana, and Midland County. Well, thank you all for joining today. Um, I kind of wanted to start out a little bit, and Katie, you kind of answered this a little bit in your intro, but could you just tell us a little bit about your own farming experience and what kind of got you into organic farming at MSU? Yeah, I I started out as a farm worker, and I, I just very quickly knew <laughs> that this was this was something I really wanted to dive into, and, and I just kind of fell in love with farming. So I, I was a farm worker on quite a few different farms over about six seasons. And then I started my own farm, um, Groundswell Community Farm. I started that with a business partner over in the Zealand area. So we were growing organic vegetables and selling through, I think at our peak, we were selling to about 180 CSA members, four farmers markets, I think four or five health food stores. And I was selling garlic seed to Seed Savers Exchange. And then I wanted to shift back into doing education and outreach sort of work, and this opportunity arrived. That sounds like a cool arc. You began in uh, Ottawa County, in my area, so that's nice. Yes, I was in a very agricultural valley. I was down in the Hudsonville muck, and there were vegetable farms in every direction. So it seems like you started out organic farming, and as the facilitator for the organic farmer training program, what are students learning once they get into that? So in terms of learning, the program this year in 2023 is hybrid. So 17 of the days are online. And a lot of that is looking at what crops do you want to grow? How do you want to grow them? Where do you want to grow them? What's your site plan? What's your soil management plan? And then kind of shifting into what are the financials and either business or nonprofit uh, strategies you're going to do to reach those goals for your farm. 
In addition to the online days, we have hands-on learning days. And this is the first year that we have a partnership with Keep Growing Detroit. Mm -hmm. So a little more than half of the cohort is learning hands-on at Keep Growing Detroit, which is an awesome nonprofit that's providing transplants and seeds to 2,000 gardens and farms in the city of Detroit, Highland Park, and Amtramic. And then we also have a cohort learning at the MSU Student Organic Farm, which I'm leading. In addition to that, we do field trips to about 20 farms. So just got back in last night from visiting nine farms up in the Traverse City, Northwest Michigan region. But we go to vegetable farms and urban farms and orchards and livestock grazing facilities in six regions around the state. Wow. I've I known some firms that have done the organic farmer training program, um, but I didn't realize that there's the hybrid option. I think that's nice to be flexible with farmer schedules and just people's schedules in general um, and also having that hand-on component. So that sounds really cool. Um, and then Katie, my next question for you is, you talked a little bit about the resources within the organic farmer training program itself, but are there other resources out there in Michigan for beginning farmers and organic farmers as well? Oh, definitely. There's so many great people and organizations working working on helping farmers get started. One that I was able to be involved in um, was funded through SARE, Sustainable Ag Research and Education, and that one is the Map of Michigan Beginning Farmer Resources. So um, if you if you Google that, you should be able to find it. And it has local and regional resources listed within the map of Michigan. But then if you look, there's a lot of organizations in Lake Michigan. <laughs> um, I have not I have not pushed them out into the lake. It's kind of just an alphabetical index of things that are statewide. And then I would just do a shout out to MSU Extension is has a web page of great resources and links for beginning farmers. I'd say that MIFS, Michigan Food and Farming Systems, is a great organization with tons of um, farmer networks around the state, uh, reaching out to veterans and women farmers, Spanish-speaking producers, etc. And then there's similar things around the state. So like I got my start in West Michigan Growers Group. There's Mid-Michigan Farmer Meetup here in the Lansing area. Crosshatch is doing the Farmer Guild. So just connecting farmers with other farmers is a lot of times a good way to find a mentor and and answer questions you have as a, as a new and beginning farmer. There's also federal resources. So a lot of the sorts of farmers that I work with are using EQIP grants, the Environmental Quality Incentives Program through USDA, Natural Resource Conservation Service, and that's paying for part of their high tunnels or maybe for a pollinator border. Less common, I would say, but a really good opportunity is getting loans through the Farm Service Agency. It's the best interest rate around, um, <laughs> as long as you can qualify for those loans and they're a good fit for your for your goals. Mm-hmm. Thank you for those resources. I like how you mentioned both like governmental, institutional, but also non-institutional resources like mentors and things, because I think sometimes jumping through the hoops of certain 
agencies and whatnot is really intimidating as a beginning farmer. Ooh, and that reminds me. <laughs> Thanks, Morgan. Yeah. Um, one of the things I, I really wanted to, to point out is if you're an aspiring farmer, um, or even if you do have land and, and you're getting your start, I would say working for or volunteering for a farm, especially if there's a farm that you can can gain experience at that's similar to what you want to do on your own farm is one of the very best ways to skip some of the mistakes that you might make. <laughs> Not all of them, but some of them um, through getting that hands-on experience. For sure. And that mentor piece as well as learning from your mm. cohort and being in community with other farmers. So for sure. Yeah, that's great, Katie. So you're kind of saying to maybe kind of stop some of those problems you might run into by mentoring with other people. Are there certain challenges that you see more than others when it comes to organic farming or beginner farmers in general? Yeah, I'd say the the challenges are many. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of good ways for beginning and aspiring farmers to be able to access land affordably. Um, leasing is a good option and that's how I got started on my own farm, but it doesn't work for everyone and it doesn't always work out. So I think there's a lot of grassroots work being done to try and address that issue, but I'd love to see lots more on that front for sure. Accessing urban land does seem to be a little more accessible for a lot of folks through land banks and things. So land is a big one. I know National Young Farmers Coalition has done a great job of getting the word out about the challenges for beginning and aspiring farmers. And student loan debt is a huge one. Access to health insurance, childcare are all challenges that beginning farmers face. Gaining skills is one of the things that we that we do have uh, good supports for. Certainly everything can always be improved, but that's kind of the first step is is getting the skills. And then unfortunately, there's those many barriers. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Hopefully, as we continue on, there's more and more resources available. And with the interest in local food, that'll just keep getting better. So to kind of advice for the farmers, once they kind of know the challenges, but they want to keep pushing through it and know what's a good thing to be doing, maybe what's going to be coming next for them. Yeah, I would say just really focusing on on the values you want to uplift through your farm, focusing on your goals and focusing on the, the needs for your community that you're trying to meet. Just coming back to that again and again with the big decisions and the little day-to-day decisions that are a constant on, on any farm is, is the biggest piece of advice that I can offer. And then, you know, leaning on people you respect in your community when you're when you're having trouble making those decisions on your own. You, you don't have to be <laughs> uh, completely independent. Uh, there's definitely opportunities to reach out to family, friends, other farmers, people in nonprofits and extension if it's more of a technical question. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Thank you, Kitty, for that. Yeah, I talked to, there's so many farmers that have reached out to me who are just beginning, like they're in their brainstorming stage and 
they're like, what? And of course, we're talking about produce safety because we're produce safety techs. And they're like, where do I begin? And um, so that's a good piece of advice that I would be sharing with them. So thank you. Um, and then also pivoting a little bit to more produce safety. Um, I'm curious what food safety training you do with your farmers in the organic farmer training program. And does that differ from training you've done with farmers in your previous experiences? And basically what produce safety looks like and means to beginning farmers. Yeah. So in the organic farmer training program, um, usually their first intro to food safety issues is the first time that we are harvesting or working in the wash pack. Usually that first activity will be a harvest activity. And so we'll go through kind of the top five (laughs) uh, food safety things to watch out for, you know, hand washing, making sure that everyone harvesting is not sick in a way that would endanger food safety, keeping clean food clean. So just thinking about where you're setting down harvest totes that have holes in the bottom and and things like that and sanitizing in the wash pack and and keeping the the cold chain as cold as it can be. (laughs) And, you know, that all happens before the first time they harvest. And I just really try and keep it experiential. So I'll often in that first harvest, <laughs> just demonstrate what not to do. So I'll pull out my phone and and take a picture and then I'll be like, oh, I need to go wash my hands. I just pulled out my phone or, you know, time issue, whatever, so that I can just demonstrate myself what the right decision is. I think it's easy on a farm to well, economic forces <laughs> are pushing everyone toward working as fast as they can. Um, and so sometimes it's it's easy to not make that decision. But if you've seen people make the food safe choice again and again, it's easier exactly. to do so yourself. Right. Like you can have that policy in place, you know, of X, Y, and Z for produce safety, food safety. But then you also have to set that example and create that culture of produce safety on your farm. So that's kind of cool that you kind of demonstrate the both good and bad examples. I think that's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we actually have a theme day that's focused on wash pack, post-harvest handling and food safety. And often we'll have Phil Toko out for that and we'll do the hand washing with the glow in the dark powder. Um, We'll do, if I can find a problem area in the field that we can flag off. We'll do that. Just really walking through a wash pack and looking for the potential danger zones as a group, like thinking that through themselves and then having an expert on site who can, who can help them learn how to see those issues. Yeah. Like really understanding why you're doing what you're doing for produce safety will just integrate that more into their everyday practice for sure. Yeah. One thing I would tell farmers too, a lot of a lot of farm workers have a background in food service, whether it's restaurants or something else. And and they've often already developed that skill of how to look for food safety risks. So if you hire someone or if you yourself have that background, you just need to take that onto the farm. For sure, yeah, just molding it to a different environment. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are some? What do you think are some challenges or barriers to adopting a food safety culture on operation, especially 
as a beginning farmer, you're trying to figure out what works for you as a business. So what do you think are some, some challenge or barriers around that? Yeah. I mean, I just, to go back to my farm, you have to, as you're starting out your farm, all of a sudden I needed to be an electrician and a builder and a farmer <laughs> and a, a jack of all entrepreneur. trades. Um, and, and a food safety person. And really at that time, I started my farm in 2006, the produce food safety culture was not very developed. When my farm flooded, I spent, gosh, I spent hours calling around to try and find someone who could tell me what I needed to plow in and what, what would be okay. So that would not be the case now. There's food safety texts all around the state that someone could call if they had a question like that. So I think just making this as approachable as possible for beginning farmers who really want to do the right thing, especially with organic farms, a lot of times people are becoming customers of local organic farms because they were told to by their doctor because they have cancer or because they have another immune compromised situation where they really need that food to be as safe as possible. So just thinking about food that way has, has really helped me. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think that was great hearing what you were saying, Katie. It definitely sounds like you, you've been around a long time. You kind of know what a good food safety culture looks like. And from there, I was kind of wondering, Morgan, Katie kind of told us about how she's helping being her farmers and what she suggests. What do you, when you approach your farmers, do you have a different way to approach a beginning farmer versus a more seasoned farmer or an organic farmer? What does that look like for you in your tech role? Well, I feel like I'm so relatively new in this role and figuring out what is the best way to communicate with farmers like every interaction is like a a trial and error per se (laughs) there's a lot of learning which I love and I'm finding that especially for beginning farmers but also farmers that have like 500 different food safety audits they go through there's different language and terms in between like the produce safety rule or a gap which is a good good agricultural practice audit Um, so I, I really just start out by defining jargon and explaining what that means and then also why I'm explaining that to them and why we're talking about hand washing and why that's important for for public health and produce safety. So really going back to the roots of like thinking about when I started this role, what made me understand produce safety and trying to communicate that with the farmer. Yeah, um, I agree with everything you said. For beginner farmer, more seasoned farmer, Either way, I want to approach it. I am new to them. I want to be friendly. I know that it's a big deal and maybe an intimidating topic to talk about or learn about. So I just treat every farmer the same way. I just give them a rundown of what I do, how I'm there to help, what the produce safety role is. And then from there, I can kind of gauge an attitude and maybe see what they're looking for of my help or what is going to be most beneficial to them now. And maybe down the line, we can talk about other things, but just that first time, just kind of get a feel of how things are going and maybe what they're most looking for. For sure. I think reading 
engaging where farmers are at and going from there or if there's something that they're really interested in too I kind of let them start with that and like pivoting off that route so I, I learned so much from you Alyssa <laughs> when whenever I talk to you about strategy so thank you for sharing and then for farmers just starting out and this can be for both Katie and Alyssa um, who don't know a lot about food safety where do you recommend they should start? Yeah so first of all you can contact one of us um, yeah. There are six of us throughout the state, so we go everywhere. We're really just there as your resource. Our main priority is to help farmers with produce safety in any way that they see fit. So I would say start by reaching out to us, and then from there we can point you to maybe more county-specific resources or specific resources in the state that can also help. I would say that's the first thing. And then as far as implementing food safety on farm, you can start really simple. I would say just kind of what Katie was talking about earlier with hand washing and just keeping equipment in a clean and sanitary condition. That can be a really easy first start to food safety that won't be too intimidating. What about you, Katie? Yeah, I, I think my start with food safety, I became really aware of this because of the flooding that I experienced on my farm. And then there was a food safety plan template that was put together that I used. And that was pretty early on. I don't think a lot of people had food safety plans at that time, at least at the scale I was farming. So I would recommend reaching out to a produce safety tech in your region and then starting to look at your farm <laughs> to think about where are the risks on my farm related to the farm workers, myself, uh, and the equipment. Um, and then and then maybe put together a food safety plan for the farm. If you're if you have employees, maybe after a season of leading that yourself, you can you can select an employee to kind of take up the reins and lead that. Those are the the things that come to mind for me. But you guys are really the experts in in advising farmers on this particular issue. Yeah, and I'd like to echo what Alyssa said in that there's a whole team of us throughout the state. Every technician is great. I learn so much from them every time I talk to every other technician. So thank you, Katie and Alyssa, for being here today. Links to anything referenced in this episode are provided in our show notes, which can be accessed on the website at canr.msu.edu slash agrifood underscore safety. Thank you to everyone for listening, and don't forget to tune in next month for another episode of our Produce Bites podcast.